Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. You're listening to Kentuckiana's ESPN 680, WHBE Newburgh and 105.7 WHBE-FM Eminence Frankfurt. Very nice. This was a uh, we had a lot of inside baseball references here. We were out last night after bowling and uh, having a bite to eat, and uh, I said to Nick, uh, he was in the right. Somebody, I forget how it came up, but somebody said I was just in the right place. So I went into my doctor, John. I was in the right place, but it must have been the wrong time. And he was like, "What the hell are you doing?" I said, "You've never heard that song." And so I played it for him at the table, and it made its way into our show today. I was in the right place, but it must have been the wrong time. That's a bop, man. We That's were, good. Um, we were driving from um, from uh, Chapel Hill to Winston-Salem last week because we stayed on the road and just went from one to the other. And there was a bus and two cars, as you know. They, um, and Dana, who's the assistant SID to, to Zach, was driving, and she had a... Her phone, her phone was playing music, although it was turned down. You couldn't really hear it, but I could see the playlist. I could see the songs. And we had been driving for an hour, and I finally said, Dana, i got to tell you, I've been watching your playlist for an hour, and I've never heard of a single song of artist yet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So later on, she treated me, and on our way to the airport, we played the Beach Boys. <laughs> oh, there you go. They're going to be here. No, did you see that? Oh, no. They're really? coming to Banana Rama, or whatever the hot thing is Bourbon called. Bourbon Beyond. Yeah, whatever. The what? Bourbon bath oh, bedrooms. Bourbon and beyond. Yeah, okay. It's not that hard. Come on. Well, right. I, you know there's no bigger Beach Boys fan in the world than me. But I hate to say this. I really don't like them very much live. Because they had a lot of production in their in their. Well, music. yeah, that was his thing. He was one of the first yeah, guys to exactly. do that. And and, and I love that, that full sound, and it's hard to duplicate in a live concert. Well, and you know. Plus, I'm not even sure how many of them are still there. Well, you know about... Uh, Brian Wilson's interview on our show, right? Yeah, he's not your favorite. <laughs> poor, poor Mike Pratt. He was more excited than I was, and then the guy came on yeah. and was an absolute train wreck. But I was. just sort of talking about how how many guys are still there. It's like I went to see the the Love and Spoonful in concert. This was a good number of years ago, obviously. And John Sebastian wasn't with them. That's well, kind you of and tough. I could be the Love and Spoonful <laughs> without John Sebastian. <laughs> the, 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 the assistant tambourine player was still there. Yeah. Yeah. It's whoever owns the rights to the name of the, the group. Yeah, I agree with that. But um, there is a group coming to the United States that I love. And it's the, it's if, if, if they didn't exist, 
you wouldn't you you'd say no i mean you think he's just making this crap up but i promise you i'm not and you would love them i think you like chicago i assume oh yes okay so they used to actually be called chicagovich it's a group of moscow musicians that loved chicago they don't they're not called that anymore now now it's called leonid and friends leonid is the guy he's the he's the musical genius behind it he takes all of the chicago i'm I'm gonna do this for you because you you will appreciate this somebody said to me why do you want to go see them why don't you just go see the real thing well they do not just them they do earth wind and fire they do all music from that era and it is such a uh, an authentic and loving um, rendition of the songs. It, you can't help but be impressed. They're going to be playing relatively near to us. They're in Cincinnati in May. They're down in uh, Nashville. Uh, I'd like to go to Cincinnati to see them in May. I'm going to go check that out. But they are so good. Here, let me see if I can find uh, the... Uh, oh, they do a Blood, Sweat, and Tears cover. They do... Uh, God. Oh, how about how about them doing beginnings? Listen to them oh, doing beginnings. That's my favorite Chicago song. Right, well, listen to this. Oh yeah, pretty good. Sounds exactly like that. They have great brass sections. I'll, I'll tell you what it comes in here right now. Should be pretty good. Need a little stronger horns. Oh, I don't know. It's pretty damn good. Okay, I mean, the vocal's the hardest thing yeah, to write. Right. No, that's good. Oh, they're good. good. I will go see them in a heartbeat. But in all fairness, and Barb's going to just have to deal with this, so they have one female singer because... Frankly, it's hard to replicate the Peter Cetera so parts with guy yeah. voices, so she does it. Hmm. She not only is extremely talented, she is very, very, very easy, easy look on the eyes. I can tell you. Got to <laughs> whole, all I can say about that is, wow. Um, and she's got a cool Russian name. Her name is like, it's it's like a weird combination of consonants. It's like Kazina Purina or something. It's like, <laughs> It's terrible. Our name is Casina uh, Buzina. Casina Buzina. That's it. Sounds like a Perfect. kids show. Oh no, but she's preposterously yeah. good looking. Sounds like a kids cartoon show. You're right. No, she's absolutely gorgeous. All right. Anyway, enough on that. Um, how you feeling about the feetball games coming up here? Um, I'm obviously pulling for Lamar, um, and I think being at home, they got a great chance. The Niners have always, for some mysterious reason that I can't explain, been – I don't have really a favorite team, but I've always liked the Niners. Uh, but I love what Detroit's done. That's such a good story. It's a great story. So it would be hard for me to, to have rooting interest against anybody, but, but obviously my first choice would be to see the Ravens and Lamar do well. Yeah, I, you and I were talking before we came on air, and I, I stand by this. I think it's true. 
no matter how the game between the Ravens and the um, Chiefs plays out, somebody is going to be able to retrofit it as an I told you so. Yeah. Because if the Chiefs win, you say, well, I told you, they got Patrick Mahomes. He's like 16-3 and three in the playoffs. And if the Ravens win, you can say correctly, well, you know, this is true. The Chiefs really didn't play that well this year. They were kind of spotty, and then the Ravens' defense has been great, and they're playing at home. So you can kind of justify it either way. I'm not sure. The NFC may be the same thing. I don't know. Um you, you you get the feeling that the uh, the AFC game is really the varsity game, and well, I don't know, maybe not because the the Forty ers could be good. Like in other words, you, you don't you get the feeling whoever wins the AFC game is going to win the Super Bowl? Mm, no, not not totally. I think you've got two proven really good teams in Detroit and 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 Baltimore and Kansas City. And the other one, you could say, of the two, one is kind of an upstart. True. So, and then that obviously would be Detroit. Not that they're not worthy and haven't played well and deserve to be there, but it, it's not your traditional matchup of uh, who, who would be the other if, if San Francisco and who would make it the other um, marquee matchup of team. Well, can you think you could have said Dallas before they fell well, on their yeah. faces. <laughs> yeah, but they never get there. So. I want, I want I'll be to, pulling for the Ravens. I want you to enjoy Casino. Back up. She's a pretty ruski. <laughs> <laughs> I believe oh, that's, that's perfect. I think that's on her webpage. Uh, uh, hi, I'm, I'm she's Cassina. a pretty ruski. I'm a pretty ruski. <laughs> Let me see. She's also you know kind Can't of person. See. Oh, I, I stopped it. I kind of I, she's one of those people I admire too because she oh, yeah. she's she good. plays piano she sings like a a lark and she speaks like five languages why don't they give why don't they distribute that why give it all to one person <laughs> yeah. you know yeah yeah she's she's doing the Rolling Stones satisfaction in this video which is an interesting take and anyway. Who, who's the woman uh, for, uh, is it is it is it give me shelter that has the real high pitched female voice in it? And anyway, she's a she's a black woman who travels with, with the Rolling, Rolling Stones, Stones and does that voice dang it. in all of their big shows, or at least used to. I, I'm, I'm amazed I'm when they have that much money. Yes, um, what's his name used to uh, Harry Chapin, the late Harry Chapin. Oh, I loved him. Used to have a guy travel with him just to do that very high part really? of that song. That's the know? greatest story song ever, Taxi. And he did a sequel to it. I did. You don't know that? Mm-mm. Ain't that a kick in the shorts? I can't believe that. I'm telling Paul something about music of that era because he could do a sh- We drive together sometimes at games, and I feel like I'm sitting in on you know Casey Kasem's replacement for the week. Uh, yeah, no, I, I I can't believe you didn't know that. He, he. Um, well, I'm, I'm going to hear Taxi Sequel by Harry Chapin. It couldn't be as good as the song. That'd be like a sequel. To- That's too long for me to play, but I'll just play the beginning of it. Home. That's the end of Taxi. It goes from there, I'm huh? flying in my taxi, taking tips and getting stoned. I think I have heard this yet. Now he goes and goes. I got into town a little early. Had eight hours to kill before the show. Okay. First I thought about heading up north of the bay. Then I knew where I had to go. I have to listen to that later. I thought about taking a limousine, or at least a fancy car. 
now he's a success. Mm -hmm. I ended up taking a taxi. Yeah, and it goes from there. It's, uh, for the people who don't the, know the, the original the song, song, the song Taxi has the greatest closing line of any song ever. Which is? The, the story of the song, I'll recap briefly for thank those you, Casey. who don't know. We got a letter here from a Nick in Louisville who says, Dear Casey, what's the story behind Taxi? This guy's a uh, taxi driver, and he picks up a fare, and it turns out to be an old girlfriend. And the story goes that when they were younger, she was going to be an actress, and he was going to learn to fly. And by the end of the song, he's, he says, and sure enough, she's acting happy, and I'm flying because I'm flying so high when I'm stoned. Yes, that's exactly. The, end of the song. She's not. She's so, married to a guy she doesn't really love, but she's rich, and he's uh, he is enjoying some just this Doobie genius, Brothers concerts. Genius of well, so what happens is in the sequel. Now he is he is who he is in real life. He's a, a successful mm-hmm. musician, and that's why he says, "I got to town early to the show. I could have taken a limo." Mm-hmm. And now he goes to see her and uh, go find it. Sequel. I won't ruin the this story for you. All right. You have to go check that out. Uh, they got married and were going to live happily after, but he died in a car wreck. That's not true. That, that's how he died. Oh, Harry! Oh, yeah. Harry! <laughs> Say that be, be awful if he sings that, and then a guy changed his lane and drove me into the guardrail. No, you know that'd be terrible. Texter says, "How does Paul feel about classic country?" Uh, is classic country considered old? Yeah, I think country? so. Yeah, like um, Waylon Jennings, I assume. I love Waylon Jennings' voice. Uh, yeah, there's some old classic songs that I really like, some Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, but uh, my my default is usually. 60s rock. Yeah, and you're good at it, by the way. Did you ever host a music show in your many years in radio? One summer, I went to, by the summer after my junior year in college, I went to Nags Head, North Carolina, just to, for something different, to be a waiter. And one day, these two guys came into the restaurant, and they worked at the local radio station. And back in those days, they had what was called daytimers, which are radio stations that were only on when the sun was up. Yes. And in the summer, when the days are longer, you're on the air more. And they needed a DJ to fill up a morning slot. I said, I'll do it. Did you and really? And up that summer, I was, I was a DJ. Yeah. <laughs> How did that come up at the table I exactly? I can't even exactly remember. But uh, So I ended up having to find someone. I still waited tables at night, but I had to find somebody who could replace me for the, the lunch shift. <laughs> That is awesome. That's so cool. That's so a I quality did it, story. So, but DJ and talking about rolling. This is a story I've told numerous times. So people may have heard it. While I was there, this was the summer of 1972, and during that summer, the Rolling Stones were going to do a concert in Norfolk, which is about 50 miles north of Nagshead, give or take. So the big push in the promotion for this concert was. It may be your last chance to ever hear the Rolling Stones. <laughs> they are 52 years later still playing shows. Yeah. That is a great point. That's true. Yeah. See him like shares shares a farewell tour. How much is he on a fifth farewell tour now? Yeah. I think that's that's hilarious. Maybe your last chance to see them. <laughs> Texas says DJ Rogers in the house. Yes. Yeah. You yeah. are. That's quality. Played those. It was it, it was uh, fun. I mean, we everybody who tried to get in radio did that at the start. I mean, I only did it for our campus radio station, but um, it, it's, it was it was fun. I mean, you know. Although I, w- I will say, answer not but the question not asked. In New York, there were there have been about four country stations that have tried to make it, and 
but varying degrees of minor success. I don't know if there's any there now. So I didn't grow up on country music at all. And so the old school country music, I don't know and I don't really like. But the people who really love country music would probably get mad at the kind of country I like because as Top 40 went out the window, the the modern crossover mm-hmm. country pop was about the closest yeah. thing we had to it. And I yeah. started to like those acts because that mm-hmm. was the closest thing we had to it. You know, probably the most successful local country, well, the, the most successful local country station here was WAMC. Mm-hmm. And the guy who really spearheaded all that and took it off was Coyote Calhoun. Mm-hmm. While Coyote began as a top 40 DJ at Wacky. Oh, he did? Yeah. <laughs> and his nickname came because... Here we go. It's seven o'clock. And that would go that would go for forever. Forever. That was awesome. I'm surprised, I'm surprised he doesn't work as an arena announcer now. That's that that's he should come back. He'd be exactly. in demand. Yeah. Oh my god. He'd fit your guy Texas. Oh, that so guy in Texas it. was the most annoying thing I've ever heard in my life. All right, we're going to go to Danny Manning at the podium, and then we'll come back with more show. So maybe Danny will talk some top four. Maybe (laughs) take some requests. Here we go. They play defensively. And, um, you know, I reflect back on the first game that we played. We we were pretty solid in in terms of taking care of the basketball. You know, I think we had 10 turnovers right in that area. Um, So understanding the value of the basketball when you play up against Virginia and, and making sure that you're contesting shots. You know, the first time we played him, uh, McNeely got away from us a little bit, and he made some threes, which he makes against everybody. But we got to make sure we kind of limit those opportunities for some of those guys. You know, Rody made a couple, and then Murray came in and knocked down some as well. So making sure we know where those guys are at. And offenses are designed to get certain players the ball. And you have to make sure that in order to have success, you have to challenge those shots, and you have to – force them to shoot a bad percentage if possible defensively and so we have to do a a much better job of that and then we have to finish the possessions with a rebound I think you know KP stresses every day in practice we go over our defensive breakdowns finishing possessions rebounding but also active hands getting deflections getting hands in passing lanes will also um, help us have some more success on the defensive end Um, offensively I think we're doing some some solid things in terms of what our field goal percentage is from two and three. Um, and so we just have to continue to improve in those areas. And for us, it's it's a paint touch. It's getting the ball to the paint and being able to make a decision from there. Um, that puts pressure on the defense. That gives us a chance to get to the free throw line. And that gives us the chance to put other teams in rotation. Yeah, Danny, this is coming up on over here, coming up on your uh, 20th game of the season now. I just wanted to, you know, gauge your thoughts on how you thought, you know, um, on the staff has grown, um, you know, of heading into the season versus, you know, um, you know, a last being your, um, you know, a last being your first season at working together. Just um, how have you guys uh, grown together, and you know, um, you know, have things, you know, a change just in terms of, you know, you know, I'm higher, you know, a scouting opponents or, you know, a, you know, a divvying up our workflow. Well, you know, I like our staff. We get along very well. You know, KP has a great feel for 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 people, and so every day you come in, it's a lot of fun to be around the guys and the people that we work with. And for all of us, we we're all getting a a better sense 
of KP, if you will. You know, last year was our first year working for him, and we kind of know him, you know, from the relationship point of, of friendship. But then, you know, you're spending more time with him, and you're talking more, you're watching more film, and you have a better understanding of how he is, how he operates, and how we need to adjust what we've done in the past to, to fit his profile and his leadership style. And so we, we've all made those adjustments, whether it's how you look at the games. You look at it now from the standpoint of, I know this is what KP expects. I know this is what KP wants. And so when you're breaking down a game offensively and defensively on your scout, you're looking for those things and you're trying to share those things. Um, the communication level with our staff is good. You know, no one has an ego. We all are able to chip in and whether it's my scout, Nolan's scout or Josh's scout where we feel comfortable enough to say different things that we say throughout the course of the prep time. So it's a good group and we have to continue to work, continue to get better and find different ways that we can implement strategies or suggest strategies as we move forward. Curtis Williams, obviously a freshman year, can be up and down quite frequently. How's your, your, your thoughts on how he's progressing? Obviously, he got the first start. How did he handle that, and, and how do you see him progressing forward? Well, you, you hit the nail on the head. He's a freshman, <laughs> you know, and he's going to have great moments. He's going to have so-so moments. He's going to have bad moments, and that's, that's kind of the, the, the growth and maturity process of it. You know, Curtis is a very confident young man as a player especially when you talk about being able to make shots and shooting the basketball. And he's played enough games now in college where the, the scouting report is out on him, right? And so he's got to be able to do some different things out there on the court to keep defenses honest and, and thinking of them in different ways other than just being able to make shots. And I think he's doing a good job of that. He went through a stretch where he had five assists one game. He had five rebounds in another game. So he's starting to understand that and figure out different ways to contribute to the success of the team. You guys have played better than last year, but it hasn't translated into enough more victories. If you're looking at the team, what are one or two things that you see that Louisville needs to do to get over the hump? Well, I think there are a lot of different things when you when you go back and you look at the numbers. You know, there, there's one thing that you really can't control right now, and that's JJ Trainer. You know, JJ um, is someone who makes a shot from the perimeter. Defensively, he gives us great versatility, being able to switch and guard multiple players, active around the basket. I think last year he led us in dunks. And so, you know, just his presence alone with this group would have been really, really beneficial in, in that regard. But, you know, injuries are part of the game. They're unfortunate and we have to move on. But, you know, he's someone I was looking at numbers today that was just like, wow, you plug in JJ's numbers, you know, there's, there's a difference maker right there in that regard. Um, I think for us, Rebounding the basketball, doing a much better concerned effort of rebounding the basketball will give us the chance to be more successful. Um, you know, we talked about our offensive numbers and where we're shooting the ball from two and three. And if we had more opportunities, theoretically, it would mean that we would be a little bit better off offensively. Um, so defensively, being more in tune, locking in to our scouting report and you know, playing like a veteran team. And uh, I, I know when you look at our roster, we're, we're a young team, but we have a lot of young guys that have played a lot of minutes. And you need to continue to grow and continue to develop in that aspect. 
Hey, Coach. Uh, we had Coach Calipari in here before saying KP needed some time. He's even mentioned himself recently that this is really feeling like year one of the rebuild. As part of this coaching staff, do you kind of feel that as well? And where do you see this rebuild going right now as far as uh, the process? And how is that working for you as a coach? Well, I think for all of us, we're, everybody's in flux in college basketball and college athletics right now, just to be honest with you, because of the transfer portal. You know, just to be honest with you, I mean, you go out and you see a lot of talented basketball players out there, and then you weigh it up against somebody who's 22, 23, got some years up under the belt in college, and it's kind of like immediate impact. It could be good on both ends, but probably more so you're going to lean towards an older player. And so where we're at right now is we have a very young roster in regards to building a team. And so, you know, a lot of different things we talk about is you go out and you can find a, a young man who would be a freshman that can come in and have an impact or, or you, you think about the transfer portal. And so those are, you know, in the recruiting side, those are the things that, that you're looking at because it's, you know, it's just tough right now with the day and age. You bring in a young kid who doesn't play, he leaves. <laughs> you know, that's just that's that's the reality of what we're dealing with. And so, making sure you find that right fit, making sure you find guys that come in and complement what you already have, extremely important. Um, and so, that's probably the biggest thing for us right now is when it gets to that point and the portal opens up and what we have scholarship-wise, making sure it's a good fit, somebody can come in and have an impact if you go that route. Danny, there's obviously frustrations with losing. Uh, do you guys have, as a staff have frustrations in that it seems like we're trying to plug one area and then another area pops up? Uh, you, you mentioned the offense being better. Uh, but maybe there's some problems on defense or rebounding, or it seems like there's something else that's always popping up that's that's causing issues. Yeah, that's life, right? You know, I mean, we're all very fortunate to have the lives that we have, but there's always a little bit of frustration somewhere that you have to navigate, and um, we're no different in that regard. You know, I think for us, you know, every day that we come in, um, you know, KP's leadership style and who he is as a person, it's. Is, is you're expecting the best that day. And, and that's how we approach every day. We come into it, and we're going to be a great defensive team. We're going to be a great offensive team. We're going to have everything that we need when we step out there on the court. That's the mindset that we, we step on the court with every day, and that's a testament to KP. Um, there's not too many days that I've seen him we didn't have a smile on his face. And in the midst of, um, you know, when you have frustrations and things don't quite go the way that you envisioned to have that outlook on life, not only on the court, but in life. You know, those are the things that we want our young men to understand as they move forward in life. Things aren't always going to go your way. And you got to fight and you got to claw and you got to do everything you can to give yourselves a chance to be successful. And then the next day, you got to wake up and do the same thing. And, um, you know, KP is a true a testament to that in my eyes because of how he approaches every day with our guys. After the game um, last Wednesday, I'm at UNC. Um, Kenny said, uh, Kenny said that uh, Manny was uh, close to returning uh, from his injury, but he just didn't know if he was ready for uh, the speed of the game. Just wondering, from you know the things you've seen from him in practice these last couple of days, do you feel like that that is getting closer to him being ready to play? Um, you know, uh, coming up here in the next couple of games. Well, you know, anytime you go through an injury, you go through your your entry back into 
the, the speed, the, the physicality, the the mental side of it. And I think Manny's gotten some really good reps in these last few days. He's continuing to show improvement in practice, and, and hopefully um, as we move forward, you know, he'll be a body that we can call upon um, in these next few games. But, you know, he's doing well in practice in terms of coming back from the injury that he's coming back from. And, you know, when his number gets called, he'll be ready to go. And um, what have you seen from someone like, I, I mean, you talked about Curtis earlier, um, but Caleb as a freshman coming in and, you know, he's being asked to play the five sometimes. And that's, you know, you know KP says that's, you know, that is in this position. Just uh, what have you seen from him, you know, getting thrown into the fire like that? Um, you know, KG's a warrior. You know, you you look at his his physique. He comes out. He plays with an edge. He plays with effort and energy. Um, we're just throwing a lot of things at him because we need him in multiple areas right now. You're right. You know, he's playing a lot of five for us right now because of where we're at health wise. He started out the season playing some three and then moved to the four. And so we're throwing a lot of different things at him, and he's got to continue to grasp those things and understand those concepts. But, you know, I'm excited about his growth. I'm excited about his um, future um, because I think he's going to be one of those guys when you look up when he's a sophomore, end of his sophomore year, beginning of his junior year, and you smell like, hey, that's a hard rocking dude. And, um, you know, he's showing some glimpses of that um, so far this year. We back. So, Danny Mannix, what'd you think, Paul? What'd you think of Danny's comments? <laughs> what'd you have to say there? More of uh, coach talk. Uh, I mean, it's. I don't know what more can, the guys can say now. Truly, I mean, they're they're trying to get better. They. I, the, one of the best questions I thought was. Um, I think Rick Bozichak asked it, was this team is better than last year, but why aren't the wins coming with more regularity? Yeah, I thought that was a really good question, too. And the answer was, I don't, I don't remember specifically what the answer was. Because, because really, it's, you know what, I, I told this, this, I hate always preface things this way, but it's true because I've told a lot of these stories before over the years. <clears throat> And, and I'm not trying to make a case for anything. I'm just right, you, right. telling you what's happened in the past. When Howard Schnellenberger first came here, his first three years, they were awful. And the fourth year, they finally turned it around. And he had this um, philosophy of not winning games, but winning plays. We want to see how many plays we can win. And through the first three years, they were winning a few more plays, but it didn't get them to the point where it could tip it over to win games. To win games. Right. And the fourth year, it did. They had gotten close, close, and finally got to that point where now they were winning more plays than they were losing, and they started winning games. And that's sort of what I would say is maybe happening here. It's a team that's that's making more good plays, playing better for longer periods of time than last year, but still not long enough or consistently enough to transfer to wins. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Texter said this, though, and I, I this is actually, a, 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 I think, a fairly good point, which which is that... Um, not to be disc- discounting, because I don't think it's, I don't think it's a matter of of, of um, people uh, d- making it sound like we're being disingenuous when we talk about how nice a person we th- we th- we find 
uh, Kenny, because I, that's I mean, you, you, there's so many people that say that you talk to people at the network and anybody who's dealt with him, they say the same thing. But he has. All right, I'll read the text. I don't mean to get riled up with all the talk about how nice Kenny is, but the thing is, as fans, we don't really see it. We only see the losses and then the post-game comments that come across often as stubborn and 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 tone deaf. And I get that, and I agree with that. Uh, I wish the the public Kenny Payne was the Kenny Payne that that I know and work with on a regular basis. I mentioned the the show we had before the corporate group last week. You couldn't ask for a more engaging, likable guy, answered questions yep. directly. He, he, but there's something about a press conference setting. I don't know if he's not really comfortable in it or, or if he's not. You know, there are times he said things he shouldn't and times he should have said things he didn't. And I do think that Kenny Payne is, is different from the Kenny Payne that people who know him know. And that's that has hurt him. There's no denying that. His, his PR missteps have hurt him. Yeah, I think there's something to that. Um, the uh, I'll never forget, you know, keep in mind my brother took over at NC State from a guy named Norm Sloan who had finally ended John Wooden's run of championships, had an undefeated year. That one didn't count, unfortunately. They were on probation, but he also had one that counted, and they won the national championship. And my brother Jim got there from Iona College, who 99% of the people up there had never heard of. And his first year, they were a whopping 14 and 13, I think. And I don't know if you remember this, because Denny, God bless him, I love Denny's sense of humor was pretty good. Mm -hmm. He said to me uh, one time, they gave my brother a 10-year contract after that, 10-year contract. And uh, um, Denny said that he went into Bill Olson and said, if they gave that guy a 10-year contract, what am I worth? And he got... You know, he got one here, too. He got a 10-year contract here also. He got a 10-year contract for like a, a million dollars, yes. which was and so groundbreaking he said to me, your time. brother really should have been my agent. He said he got me a great deal. So we laughed about it. It was great. But I'll never forget the article I read said, why would they do that to a guy who had just – it was like halfway through his second year. And they made the NCAA tournament his second year, but they went out very early. But they the article said – I'll never forget. I think Curry Kirkpatrick, remember him? He used to mm-hmm. work for Sports yeah. said – He's just won over everyone there where their approach is kind of, well, we think we're going to win, but until we do, we're going to join hands and just enjoy the ride. And I think that there's something to that if you can make that connection. Now, I grant you, there's a pretty big leap from 14 and 13, and I think the next year they were 22 and 10 yeah. to 4 and 28. But but you know what I'm saying? I think that's to your point that if you can make that connection in the, in the area where basketball is so important they will give you he said all the right things he, he really my, that was one thing he was good at. oh yeah he, he was very good at connecting and understanding how people felt well, i don't things. i don't really know that much about scott drew's personality but i'm i have heard that in those early years at baylor you and i were talking about him earlier today for those who just joined us that he created that kind Same of thing. environment the people love the yep. way that team played they could tell. and the way he interacted with yeah. everybody he's yes. that way he, you're right that's a good example and 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 it's funny because your point Again, not to you don't need me to speak for you, but what you just said basically is that Kenny actually has that personality, but he doesn't let people see it when he goes into the public uh, arena of press conferences and things. He says things mm-hmm. that you know, right from the jump, he kind of lectured the fans, and they resented that. And uh, you know, it was uh, um, 
that 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 I, I understand exactly what you're saying because I mean he's a he's an eminently likable guy. I mean I don't know what else to say. You just if you if you get to see him just as as you do, Paul, and me to a lesser degree, you know you can see why he's so popular. I mean I I don't think I've seen this, but when they won at Miami. Seth Greenberg got up for the press table and hugged him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, broadcasters don't do that no. very much. So, you know, that's kind of I actually people... questioned that a little bit because I do think there needs to be a little Yeah, but, I, I, you know, he's an but ex-coach, I, and, I, and yeah, I think Laranego would understand that. I mean, I think if you do it and the other guy looked at it and was like, well, what the hell is this? But I think Laranego would have understood it, the understood it, <laughs> understood the, the context in which it happened. So, uh, But you're right. Uh, it, for being... I, I think uh, anyone who's coached the game can relate to how difficult it can be, and you can't help feel good for a guy when yeah. when when they get a win like that. And listen, I, I get it. I don't care how nice you are; you got to win games. No, there's no and, doubt. And Louisville needs to start winning games. I'm just saying, from though for those people who maybe don't see that side of Kenny that we do, that's why. We do want to see them do well because yeah. we. Well, and also, and, I, and I've said this, people are going to be sick of hearing it. You're probably even sick of hearing it, but I'm saying it again. I think that you build a program in four steps. You got to be competitive, you got to improve, you got to win, then you got to maintain winning. Again, we're all products of our own experience. The one thing about NC State, even when they lost, they were competitive right from the jump. That's what I think is. It's not so much that they're losing. It's how they're losing. There are games where there's just stretches where they don't look like they're competing at all. Like, you know, fast breaks are being run right down the middle and they're shooting layups. Teams score on the exact same set seven, eight times in a row. That, I think, is tough. First season under Patino was not... Remember where we were back in those years. Louisville had tailed off in Denny's last few years, never to where they were yeah, here recently, right, right. but by Denny's standards had tailed off. Rick came back and got a team to win 19 games go to the NIT, and people loved that yeah, team exactly because they, they felt like they competed every absolute night absolutely. every yeah. single night. Yeah, I think you're absolutely correct. I would like to go to break and then say we'll make our picks, but once again, we are working with the empty backfield. <laughs> We're clearly going to have seven wide receivers. I should go to break and just sit here until he comes back. And then <laughs> we, you know what I've said? we could get it sponsored by a funeral home because it could be dead air brought to you by, you know, name a funeral home in town. You know, that would be, see, maybe they'd want to uh, sponsor that it's the it's the the V show. The new, newcomer, very nice people that did my dad's funeral. So they, we'll let them sponsor this go. moment of death. <laughs> <laughs> yes, give them a little bit of love. Oh man! Um, all right. Well, I mean, I'm I'm ready to go start picking games, but uh, I, I've 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 I, have, I got to tell you this. I've never worked at a radio station before where there's nobody who can push the buttons. No, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, and like, like you were Terry, Terry Miners does it. Does yeah. he still do it himself? No, he has. He and, he, well, he yeah, but he did for years. He pre, he was he pushed his own buttons. I know that. When I first started Maybe, there, he was pushing home. his own buttons. <laughs> that sounds Well, like Wayne Perky did. Yeah, he did? Wayne Perky did, yeah. yeah I think. That's, that's those In days. the early days. Then yeah. were the days. Then were the days. All right, well... Uh, I guess we can start looking at games, okay. but we won't actually pick them. Or we could make it what I normally do in this case, which is open the door and just scream down the hall. Um, so, anyway. Uh, okay, let's see. Let's I'm see what we got. To... Uh, well, first of all, I have a feeling, you know, it's uh, your turn to go first, and we have to pick one football game, too. So, you'll, you'll probably give me the 49ers-Lions games because you're going to want the – Maybe you don't. No, want to. no. I'll, it, no I don't I'm, I'm okay. Pick, pick who you one. want. 
But all right, uh, well, okay, you're asking me. I, I get. get to, do you have you, a pen? You, I, need you, a pen. I do have a pen. Yeah. So you're telling me I get to choose right you now? You get to pick. Yeah, because Schwenko's not here. So, uh, so okay, we'll I feel pretty wait, strongly. Let me up the score. Right okay. now, you have seven. I have five. You're ahead by two, and this is week three. We skipped week three last time. All right, so you do the football game first, and you're going to give me which one? Uh, I'll give you the Niners and Lions. Now that one we do pick against the spread, but the other ones we just pick the winners of. So uh, let's go see if I can. Ooh. Man, I didn't know that. <laughs> I forgot. I thought we were back on just picking winners. Well, yeah, for basketball we are. <laughs> yeah, but not right. For, I know. Uh, not for but now that's uh, going to be football game. Tricky. Right, let's go see what we got. Um, having a hard time finding the NFL. There it is. Okay, so the spread, according to ESPN, is you're giving me which one? Forty. Which one did you give me? I give you the Niners and Lions. Okay, that's San Francisco's a seven and a half point yeah. favorite. Boy, that's a lot of points. Well, you know, that hook is too many. That, that's what Neil Greenberg would say. So I'll, I'll take the Lions plus the points. So uh, Detroit plus seven and a half. So you've got now, that means the Chiefs and the Ravens, and uh, Baltimore's a four-point favorite. Yeah, and that's that's too much, too. But I'm sorry, I just I can't pick against Lamar. All right, Baltimore. So i got the Ravens. Minus the four. All right, now we go to the basketball side and we just pick winners because they don't put the point spreads out yet but we can make it hard by giving the other guy excuse me difficult games so where would you like to start in uh, this uh run of well games let me see i just now pulled up the top 25 we said we we're going to do one in each league so you want to you want to start in uh, you want to go by league um, or you want to just go let's do that so start in the acc uh, okay. give me give me a game just pick a winner i just saw a good one in the Big 12, I'm going to give you. Well, you can start there. Go there. Go there. That's fine. Go in the Big 12, and then we'll come back. All right? Well, this is is a toughie. Seven Kansas at 23 Iowa State. Yeah. It was good and really good at home. And I've still never been to that arena, but you tell me it's one of the great college environments out there. It is fantastic. Uh, I really think Kansas can win the national championship, but I think – they don't play this part of the season. They're still not playing. He's very, he's he's an incredible for a coach. He's an incredibly patient man, Bill Self. I mean, I remember the year they got walloped in the Champions Classic by Kentucky. I'm not, I mean, they got beat like seventy-seven to forty-five or something. And I, and I remember turning to somebody after the game and say, "Well, this is obviously the year somebody's." That was when he was still on his run of Big Twelve championships, regular mm-hmm. season championships. I was like, "Well, this is definitely the year that they're going to get him." And I remember having to go into the post. You know, I went to the post game presser, um, and I fully expected. I hate to say it, but it to be a Tino-esque performance. You know, Self would be throwing computers around. Smiled, laughed. Hey, thanks for coming back. Nice to have you with us. Appreciate it. Appreciate you coming in. Thanks for stopping in. Appreciate it. Ready to go to break at the bottom of the hour? But we look. Paul said he's worked on radio stations for 40-some-odd years. He's never done a show where there's been nobody in the control room during the actual program. Yeah. That's what makes this place great. That's what makes us special. We're definitely special. Bob is lecturing his son, by the way, for those of you. Yeah. If you're a regular listener, you know you that. You know that. Yeah, I was going to say. But no, if no, not, no, just yeah. in case. All right. So anyway, back Sorry. to the mic. I was loading stuff. Yeah, no, sure. Getting loaded. Why not? And looking, um, at, looking at good-looking <laughs> rooskies in the back. <laughs> 
So self reminds me of Denny Crum a lot. Denny That's never a good lost point. his cool after That's, losses. And, Rarely and the, did. I and think. that year I was alluding to, they won the Big 12 mm-hmm. again. And so I don't think they win this game, but it still wouldn't alter me from thinking they might make a Final Four run. So I'm And you're right, take, this I time of year, they often hit a little, they do. little they, they dead go, spell. He's not trying to be undefeated. He's trying to be great in March. And that's how Denny was. If Denny mm-hmm. wanted to be undefeated, he never would have played all those teams he played yeah. in, in the early part of the year. So I will take uh, um, Iowa State straight up to win that one. You So now a, you have to give me another Big 12 yeah, game Yeah, Big 12 well? game. Then we'll okay. move to another league. This is, uh, um, well, there's a couple that are good ones. They got good matchups this mm-hmm. week. Unranked Kansas State, but they're very good at 14-5 and five going to Houston. But I think this is a better one. Texas Tech, number 20, at Oklahoma, oh. number 11. That's a tough one because Oklahoma just got beat pretty soundly at home yeah. by Texas, of all people. So what do you make of that? You know, I, I'll... I'll I'll do it, but I want to throw out another one that I think is a really interesting matchup. They're not ranked, but they've beaten ranked teams. UCF is at Cincinnati. Well, yeah, yeah, yep. that's how good this league is. I yeah, know we're ACC really guys, but you know, I thought you were going to go this way. TCU at Baylor. Yeah, that too. Jamie <laughs> Dixon's doing a hell of a job there in mm-hmm. Baylor at home in their new building. So, uh, hell, Texas at BYU. I mean, they're all good games. <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievable. But I'm going to give you Texas Tech yep. and Oklahoma. What do you want? All right. I'll, uh, I got to go with the home court. I'll take Oklahoma. To bounce back. Yeah. All right. Good enough. Yeah. All right. Where we go next? What league do you want to go to? Now? Well, okay. Let's go to the ACC now. That makes okay. sense. I will give you. <clears throat> How about the team Louisville just played against the next team Louisville will play, Clemson at Duke? Oh, that's a good one. But I, I, I really like Brad Brown now. I think he's a wonderful guy. He's very good to deal with. I think he's a good coach, especially defensively. But they just seem to get into league play, and they look more ordinary. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think Duke – now, Roach is going to be out, I guess. He hurt himself again in that game with us. Yeah, I don't so, know what his status I, is. I, I don't know. But I, I still think Duke has a chance to be elite. So I'll take the Dukies. I'm going to give you a game just because I'm going to be there. Yeah, I thought about giving you that one. UNC at Florida State. Uh, I know which one I would pick, but I'll give it to you anyway. Who do you want? North Carolina, I think, is the best team in the conference. But I don't think they're going to go unbeaten. Somebody's going to knock them off. And, and probably Florida be on the State, road when they do. Yeah, and Florida State's been playing really well, although they did lose at home last week to Clemson. They did. <laughs> so you always have this yeah, but. Uh, but I'm going to pick Florida State. I'm going to oh, pick wow. the most okay. upset them. Good. Yeah. So on the air, I'll be actively rooting for Carolina. <laughs> Go Heels! And Chris Carlin will be like, what the hell are you doing? Like, no, no, I need the Heels to get a bucket here, Chris. <laughs> Is that who you're working with? Yeah. He still do Rutgers football? Uh, I think so, yeah. Um, Tell him hello. I will. I haven't yes, seen him that's right. since the Big East days. That's right, since the big yeah. old Big East days. Uh, let's see. Are we go next to the... Uh, SEC, maybe? Yeah, let's do that. Because okay. well, it just means more there. <laughs> uh, there's some good matchups there this week also. Uh, Uga and Florida, both unranked. That's a good matchup. Uh, Kentucky at Arkansas, not bad. LSU at Alabama, mm-hmm. not a bad one. And Ole Miss at Texas A&M. Those are the four Marquis games of the bunch. I think I'll try you at LSU, Alabama. Because... Um, I, I can see that going e- either way. Bama although. just knocked off... Um, um, t- oh. who, who did Alabama I will beat? tell you in one second. Just they the beat night. Auburn by yeah, four. Yeah, beat Auburn. Auburn had a long win. winning streak going. Yeah, they did. Um, I'll say this. I, ESPN does not think it's going to be a close game. ESPN's computer likes... I'll tell you who they like. They love Alabama. They think they got a 93% chance to win. Really? Yeah. Well, I was going to pick them. I wouldn't have picked them with that much confidence, but I'll pick them. I'll All stay right. with Alabama. So we'll put you down as an Alabama guy, and I get uh, – who am I getting? So I get – got to give you Kentucky and Arkansas. 
All right. Well, let's see what the computer says there. Cats of Solar Last. I'm trying to remember the last, at least recent road games, A&M and Struggled South Carolina. Mightily. They lost. Have they won a road game in there? They've, uh, they lost in overtime at Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. They beat Florida by two, oh, yeah, and that was a game that a lot of people say, boy, they were really, quite honestly, very lucky mm-hmm. down the stretch to win that. And then lost to South Carolina, right? Yeah. Wow. So, there you so go. Last, the only other road win was here. They beat Louisville, and then they they uh, lost at home to UNC Wilmington. They beat Penn at home. They beat Carolina in the CBS Sports Classic. Beat Illinois State. Then in January, they beat Florida by two away. Won at home against Missouri. Lost in overtime at A&M. Beaten Mississippi State at home. Beat Georgia at home. Lost to South Carolina on the road. But I'm going to trust the computer. computer says... Kentucky should have a 72% chance to win. So uh, that's the only reason, really, I'm going to do that because I'm on your side. They have not been all that dazzling uh, away from home. And they got to deal with that L. Ellis, who's playing again for them. Is he back in the lineup? I was just going to ask you that. He's He's been kind of in and out all year long. Yeah, he started, then he wasn't playing. And I believe their last couple of games, let me see, because I had been following along, they, they just lost... Well, he didn't start. He played 24 minutes. He only had two points against uh, Ole Miss. That, but before, yeah, see, he went. He is in and out because before that, he was in the starting lineup. He uh, he uh, started against South Carolina. And they lost 77-64. He played 23 minutes. He only had nine points. He played himself back to the bench, evidently, because he had a big game somewhere before. I'm not going to go back. I wonder how he's feeling about that transfer. Because remember, at, the, at first he said he was going to stay here. That if he, that if he played the – talking about L – that if he played another year of college basketball, it would be at Louisville. And then, of course, he transferred to Arkansas. <laughs> but I just wonder how he's feeling well, about that now. Well, I mean, we can assume Jalen Withers feels pretty good. He's yeah. playing on a great team on a lot of minutes and contributing. I don't know about L. Um I was wondering about some of the other guys. You know, the guy didn't one of them go, one of them go to Arizona State or Arizona? Uh, K, um, name starts with a K. Like, can I not remember anybody's name? Oh dear God! Um, Come on, help me. Kent State. No. Kent State. No, he's his name starts. He went to Arizona or Arizona State. Oh, Kamari Lance. Kamari. Oh, Lance. Kamari. Okay. I really thought he had a chance to be a player. How's mm-hmm. he doing? Do we know? I do not know. Let's go take a look. Here we go, Nick. Ready? Without looking, over under, Kamari Lands averaging 11 points, more or less. Uh, just under. I'm going to say under. All right, let's go see. This is going to be a – I could make a game show out of damn near anything. I really could. I could go – that should be a show. I go through the day, and everything is a game show, like going to Dunkin' Donuts or doing it, everything. It is, isn't it? That's pretty much true. <laughs> Kamari Lands, Arizona State Sun Devils guard. He's not even close to 11 points, averaging 4.8 is he playing regularly? He's played in, uh, what's their record? Yeah, he's played in all their games. He's averaging 20 minutes a game. What's their record? Four po- Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the expert you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling.